You're listening to The Itch, Rock Matters. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And today we have the honor of talking about Grandson's new album before the album is actually released. It's so fun when you get to do that. Uh, and it's not happened very often for us. Not, not lately, and we're excited about it. And so we have taken full advantage of that ability to do so. When has it ever well, I don't remember ever getting an album, like especially an album that was like highly anticipated. Not for the podcast like this one on the radio station. Not not often, but every once in a while, I feel like we would get an album in advance. It's just that so rarely did were the albums that they got relevant to us. Yeah, but but once in a very blue moon, I feel like we did. I could be mistaken, but I'm. I mean, I know I listened to a lot of music that they got from the station. Maybe some of it wasn't for the itch. I don't know. Well, put it this way. We've never had a access code to where we had to <laughs> enter to listen to the album. I was really going to not bring that up, but now that it's here, it's here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nonetheless. I-, I will say you do feel some kind of special when you're having to enter a password to go listen to some music. It's true. It's, uh, that is true. You f- you're like clearance level seven. Yeah. Yeah. An elite tactical group. designated to listening to music and providing reviews on it honestly that's kind of all of our dream like send us your music we'll (laughs) tell you you know we'll tell you all about it and then the rest of the world can get in on it after that send it to aaron first uh he can can tell us (laughs) he can tell us what's good from there and then we'll we'll listen to it Oh, you gotta, I got to be the first line of defense against crap. <laughs> yeah, Fine. but we... You know, you know what, I'll do it. <laughs> well, and that's what's been so cool about having the podcast is just being able to reach out to people and people are reaching out to us. So we definitely would like to thank Michaela for allowing us to have access to that. In turn, we have to talk about it now. Don't have to, but we're going to. <laughs> yeah, and trust me. The good thing is it's not crap. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm not upset about talking about this. Like this album is fantastic. And I honestly was really leery on whether or not he was going to be able to top the energy and the just the music of his any of his EPs, to be honest. And I, I think he did. I think he knocked it out of the park with this one. That brings up an interesting question to me. So you guys, you guys have had a longer history with Grandson. You were the ones who told me about him to begin with. And so could you give those who are listening who are not familiar with him like a little bit of a little bit of background, I guess, like who is this guy and what has he been putting out? I can give you kind of our background to him. Um, And Casey might be able to provide a little bit more insight as to the artist himself. But like when Shinoda's uh, album came out post-traumatic, I I got into that album and there's a song on there featuring Grandson. It was actually my favorite song on that album. And so I, I kind of started listening to, you know, just listening for more and more grandson. Um, right at the time, we had just bought a new vehicle and it came with satellite radio for free for six months or something like that. And they were playing grandson's blood water on on the satellite radio. And then when I, I got back after my vacation, where I usually that's where I kind of listen to most of the uh, satellite radio, I should say. KC brought, or he, I guess he found the rest of the album, uh, the volume one, Modern Tragedy volume one. Yeah, I, bu- I bought the, I bought the, the EP. And from there, it was, it was all uphill. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard Bloodwater uh, around the same time as Dan was listening to the post dramatic. I really enjoyed the song, so it was definitely worth ch- checking out more of his stuff. So when, when I heard that he had an EP and it was a you know, a volume one, so I hoping that he would have other volumes, which he, he did. And uh, I've been a fan ever since, pretty much. So Grandson is a, a what I'm, I'm not even going to say relatively, for a guy who whose first single started coming out in 2016, he's a new artist. And so that Blood Water, that first track you heard, that was sort of his first breakthrough in any real sense. It was the first track that he put out that charted, uh, and that came out in 2017, and then Modern Tragedy, his debut EP came out in 2018. Um, 
he's a very interesting guy in terms of genres. He's, yes. he's sort of this combination of, you know, I'm not even going to put alternative rock as the top thing. It's like an alternative, like hip hop and some, ro- a little bit of rock and then a little bit of kind of that, like EDM electronic. He blends a lot of these things into a, a also I'd say a fairly poppy sound. It's like an intense kind of depressed poppy sound, but still, <laughs> but still it's very accessible. <laughs> yeah. When I think this album more so than ever before, I think it kind of touched ba- touched space upon every single genre he is influenced by and he utilizes in his sound. Mm. I think they all kind of come to fruition in this album more so than any of his other previous uh, albums or EPs. That's kind of an interesting observation. So you'd say that, so over the past few years, he's put out a trilogy of EPs, as we mentioned, called A Modern Tragedy. Um, this year, his big thing has been this text voter project, which is some singles. And then in between all that, he also had a few other sort of non-album singles. So he's just been kind of like testing the water, throwing a little bit of music out there here and there for the last few years. And then now it all comes together into this debut album, which I think is kind of a cool observation. It sounds like, I think a lot of times with early artists, you'll hear kind of a hopping around of sounds. And then whenever they really like reach a point where they, it all just gels and they're like, okay, we've, we've taken all the elements that we want to put them together. And here's what it turns out as. And I think that's death of an optimist. Yeah. And on top of that, even he's been a guest vocalist on a lot of other people's uh, tracks of late. So he's been a really busy guy the last handful of years. Yeah. He had that Shinoda song. Um, he was on an ex ambassador song and something worth noting just about a month ago or so put out a cover of one step closer to celebrate Lincoln parks, uh, hybrid theory, 20th anniversary. I just want to say, since you mentioned that, cause the other one that was done was, uh, fever three, three, three. Yeah. What song did they cover? It was, um, it was in the end, I think. Yeah, you're right. It was in the end. So what bothered me was that like grandson did Shin- like grandson and the singer of Fever Three Thirty Three did Shinoda's parts, and they left in uh, Chester Bennington's vocals. Which I mean, I can understand why it's not like you're going to be able to sing that that part. But like, I don't know. I was just kind of hoping for a different mixed version. It just seemed like they just put grandson and the singer of Fever Three Thirty Three's voice over Shinoda and just left everything else. Mm. See, I. So, you know, yeah, let's take a little detour on that. So that was kind of a, those singles came out together. They were sort of a thing. And Grandson had One Step Closer, Fever had in the end. My first thought when I saw those was that they should have been swapped because I felt like the opposite artists were a little more suited to those songs because they're both intense artists. But I felt like in the end was a little more on that like introspective side that Grandson does. And then one step closer in its natural form is very, you know, angry, which is fever's forte. And yeah. so I was like, that would be, I don't know why they didn't do that. And I listened to them. People's opinions on those two tracks from what I saw were very, very varied. Personally, I kind of thought the fever one was boring because it was like too faithful. It was very much, I mean, it was, it was a cover, like a pure cover. Yeah. Yeah. Grandson, I respected, I appreciated his effort a little more because I felt like he tried to take it, he tried to put his own spin on it a little bit. And I felt it was pretty successful overall. Like, if I had to go back to him, that's the one of the two that I would listen to again. Yeah, I agree with that. That track of note is not on this album. It just was a a thing done sort of as a tribute to an artist that meant a lot to them. So that was kind of cool. Also related, did you guys know that Grandson has a cover of... uh, of Rage Against the Machine out there? Because I didn't until right now. No, I did not. What song is it? He covers Maria. Yeah, I knew. Oh, yeah, yeah I did. I Sorry, I did know that, actually. <laughs> I've never heard that. I'm, I'm immediately going to be listening to that after we're done here. <laughs> we actually played it on our show. Mm-hmm. Nice. What was you guys' thoughts on that one before we just dive all up into the album? It's great. I mean, it, I don't I don't really think that he changes too much of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I th- I think I think it pretty much stayed true to the original s- song for the most part. Okay, all right. Like I've said just now and previous times before, sometimes that's good and sometimes it's boring. 
So <laughs> grandson doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's going to be boring no matter what he does. So no. that's good. Yeah. I, I just, I don't see a situation where I would call him that. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But anyway, all that building up now to finally putting out this debut album, which, you know, he's had a lot of time to be probably working on as well as agonizing and having anxiety about over the pandemic. That very much sounds like something that would happen for this fella. And it's, it's just about here. I don't know if it can I fair, be fair to say it was worth the wait for us. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. And this album will drop on Friday, December 4th. Yeah. Yes. Same day that the uh, new empire volume two by Hollywood undead drops as well. Looking forward to that. So now, you know, it's going to be coming up on another future episode. Yep. <laughs> Foreshadowing. He did it. We do that so rarely. We got we to gotta do that more often. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> What's saying the word or actually foreshadowing? Both. Both. Okay. <laughs> we should make a foreshadowing sound effect where whenever we say something that might be a hint about the future, it's just like either the word or it's just like a some type of, I don't know. That's the symbol of foreshadowing. <laughs> that would be interesting. You gotta spice it up here. We don't want to be boring either. No, I agree. <laughs> Sound effects can definitely make us a little bit better. <laughs> Let's get there, yeah. Make us sound like more of a morning show host. So yeah. So can I tell you guys, um, I don't know if you guys will find this complimentary or, or as a negative, but I'm going to put it out there anyway. The first thing that, that I really thought as I was going through this album, and then I found out later that they were label mates. So it, it just drove it home even more to me on, on fueled by ramen, which is a great label name, by the way, is that I feel like grandson is very firmly entrenched in the same realm of music as 21 pilots. He's, he's a little more, more intense and angry, I think. Yeah. And probably, and a better lyricist, but in terms of just like the same general vibe to me, it's a lot of similarities. Kind of, except um, I went to both other concerts and one of them was amazing. The other one uh, got drowned out by a whole bunch of 14 year old girls. (laughs) Yeah. But is that that guy's fault? Is that their fault though? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a, it's a ruined experience for you either way. Was so. I mean, yeah, it's, it was like going to see the Beatles back in the day. You couldn't actually hear the band because of all the, the crowd. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, no, I, I appreciated seeing Grandson a hell of a lot more than 21 Pilots. Like, And what was crazy about seeing 21 Pilots is all those 14-year-old girls know the words to every single freaking song that they have. It's just, it's <laughs> uncanny. You know, I'll, I'll be curious to see what the demographic is of people that know all the words to grandson songs whenever the pandemic's over and we're going to shows again. Yeah, I agree. Is it going to be 14-year-old girls? Is it going to be 35-year-old guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, honestly, that's the one takeaway that I had listening to the this album, Death of an Optimist, is that it's like, man, I really miss concerts because I would really want to see this performed live. You know, I, I think he's ready for that, too. But I, I think I, I think it's all in in the context. Like Twenty One Pilots, they don't talk about anything meaningful. Like it's just really weird crap. Like you know <laughs> about how their friends are crazy or how you know they they uh, are stressed out. Like it's just <laughs> nothing nothing very meaningful. Like grandson, yep. everything that grandson sings about has a meaning. It has a purpose. Everything you know, all of his lyrics, they they have a meaning behind them. Like they they. They don't just, he doesn't just say things to be saved. I mean, he might, but probably not as often as 21 Pilots. <laughs> this is a very interesting hot take on 21 Pilots right now. <laughs> it's it's interesting because like I said, I still feel, I feel like they're, and I don't want to, I'm not going to dwell too much long on that, but even down to the idea of like, I don't know if you guys remember the 21 Pilots album, Blurry Face a few years ago. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. Even that concept, I feel like, is kind of similar in vibe to what Grandson's doing here. And I'm not calling him derivative. It's just just saying this is what this reminded me of a little bit. Is this, you kind of have this, like, almost split personality thing going on. Yes. Whereas, like, like the blurry face concept was pretty much, like, 21 Pilot, the singer's, like, uh, doubts and, like, antagonizing him. And in this album, Grandson 
sort of plays the characters of himself, of grandson, who is really also a persona of, of this guy. His name is Jordan Benjamin. And then X, who kind of represents, again, his his own anxieties. Yeah, and let's let's expand on that a little bit. So so this album pretty much follows a three-act structure for the most part. It tells a story of one person's struggle at a crossroads of whether to continue to have hope for the future. So you have grandson as a character, and then you have the X character, which is an antagonist throughout the album as a manifestation of one's anxiety or their fears. And then, so when we get into the tracks itself, we'll kind of tell you which one is what, but he references a, a shitty teacher and religious figures and politicians. So those are th- that have kind of shaped his views on things. So we'll get into that. It's very much a millennial coming of age album. Yes. Yeah, it's this guy in his mid-20s who is trying to cling to hope that real change for a better future is possible. And then kind of having that other voice in his head that tells him to give up. And so it's the it's that battle between those two mentalities, I guess. Yeah, and then that that don't conform and be a just another number like challenge the status quo for for the greater good. Yeah. And what's cool, one of the cool things about Grandson, we've mentioned this one before as far back as episode six, which other side note, uh, if I can have a tiny soapbox for a second, do you guys mind that? Yeah. No. All right. Media is like really quickly consumed and disposed of. And so the idea, even a podcast often is like once an episode's been out for a minute, you know, it's it's done and now you move on to the next one. That's the only one that matters. I'm a believer that there's value in going through back catalogs. So if you're ever interested as a listener in checking out some previous episodes, particularly ones where we talk about grandson, we do that way back in an episode that came out in June. It's episode six. It's called Declaration Against the Machine. And he also comes up again in episode 27, which we just released a few weeks ago. It's called The System is Down. So by all means, cross-reference. Get the, the full scope of all of this. I encourage you to do that. Some of my favorite podcast episodes are stuff whenever I dug way back further into a show and I was like, that's the episode I was looking for. So, <laughs> and tangent, I just wanted to sell some of our older work here. I recommend people listen to our stuff anytime, all the time. But, you know, <laughs> I'm a little partial, but why not? <laughs> I'm a bit biased. A little bit on the bias side. No, but Grandson's cool. One of the things that we talked about is he's very big on... And Casey and I, we were having a little discussion earlier about the track We Did It, which kind of touches on this. It's very big on the idea that we can get caught up in patting ourselves on the back about our own actions, but they're not really actions, of sending out a tweet that says something that's edifying, but that's all we do. And he himself is very much um, a person who believes in putting actions to back up your words, and I really respect that about him. And so we talked before about that, that text voter thing where throughout this year, he's been putting out singles and attached to those was a, a phone number that if you text it, it helps you figure out how to register to vote. And so that was like the whole premise. It was like activism through his music. And I thought that was fascinating. I mean, that is just a great example of, of a guy putting some type of depth and meaning like Dan was touching on to what he's doing. Well, and even the song, like like you were just mentioning, we did it. Um, you know, that's a that's a song where he's basically saying, like, <clears throat> you you're not really doing much just by sitting there tweeting, you know, doing the bare minimum. Yeah, is it really? Are you changing anything? Are you? Can you say that we we did it? Yeah, and you got to think right now about this his generation, and then also particularly during this quarantine time, whenever we all are spinning even more time than we already were looking at screens and being on social media and stuff. And that's totally a, a question worth asking ourselves. And I'm glad that he brings that up for, for himself and for anybody listening. Yeah. And I wasn't sure if I should go too far into this, but uh, we did it uh, lyrically. If you listen to the lyrics, it pretty much sounds like Trump's MO since the election happened. <laughs> so yeah, it was interesting that you mentioned that. Um, 
my first thought whenever I saw the title was that that song is probably his personal response to Trump losing the election. <laughs> and and so we both saw, heard that and we're like, oh, this is surely about the election. But we kind of saw it from different angles, which I think is kind of funny. Yeah. I'm going to get away with it. I'm going to be a winner. I'm going to exactly. get away with it because the rich get richer and the sick get sicker. How about that? <laughs> but it's not really about that, even though it does kind of fit the idea. Yeah, it's really just about this like self-congratulatory way that we have sometimes a feeling like we're doing a lot just because we shouted somebody down on the Internet, whereas the problems themselves still exist like massively are and are affecting people in much bigger ways than that. Yeah, there, there's a line in the song where it says, my legacy will never burn down. What are you going to do when it's your turn now? Dance with the devil. Don't pull her into bed. Anyone's a hero with a bullet in the head. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) There's another part that says, I own all the jury, the judge over the trial. You walked into a trap. I walked out with a smile. See, the man can write some rhymes. (laughs) Yeah. I was reading something about that track where he was describing it. And and so so the album, like we said, it's sort of this battle between these sort of sort of the optimist and the and the pessimist, really. We did it as track seven, which kind of kicks off what you call like the second half of the album. And, and grandson described this as this is, I think where the X personality or whatever, like that mentality really takes over and hits hard. He says, the song is like being jumped by all your negative thoughts, ganging up at you at once on your way home from the grocery store. (laughs) (laughs) And listening to that, I'm like, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense actually. It really does. It really does. Yeah. And like I was saying, it it really does truly follow a three act structure because you have track one, which is Death of an Optimist intro. You have track six with uh, the ballad of G and X, which is, I'm assuming, Grandson and X as Uh an interlude. And then you have track 12, the ending song with the outro, Welcome to Paradise. And they all kind of have the same uh, beginning with like a, a tape deck and like this weird sound to start it off. It's just kind of a an interesting uh, way to arrange an album, I thought. Well, and I thought what was even weird, more like even more weird about that was that, you know, maybe because I can't listen to the songs like directly one back to back because I have to like go on and click on each song to listen to it. But it didn't seem like, like to me, all those like those intros are, are long enough to be songs. Well, they're definitely songs. Interludes yeah. are songs as well. But like they all seem like they build up to something and then all of a sudden it just ends. And you're like, this doesn't flow into the next song whatsoever. Like, I don't get, I don't get this part. That's like my only criticism of the entire album is like during the intro, the interlude and the outro, there was just like, it felt like the song was building up the entire time. And then you're just like left hanging at the end. You're just like, wait, this doesn't really match into the next song. I mean, at least for me, it didn't. I don't know. It could be, like I said, it could be that I just can't listen to it consecutively. But yeah, listening to it, at least one click at a time it, it kind of builds and then it kind of just drops which is interesting but also with with all of those three songs he kind of has this weird beginning part where you can hear like faint voices of him just saying things but you can't ever really pinpoint exactly what he's saying so i, I wish there was a way that we could strip that down and, and see some of the stuff he's saying because it seems like it's a uh, subliminal messages kind of almost See, I viewed I viewed those tracks, at least the first and last one, as sort of like like if a movie or a book has like a prologue and an epilogue. Yes. Like they're definitely full songs. But I felt like Death of an Optimist, it's this very slow, methodical, very pretty song. Um, and where his vocals are definitely the focus, which I think is him in a sense sort of explaining what this al- whole album's gonna be about. And then Welcome to Paradise, the closing track. Not a Green Day cover, by the way. Um, <laughs> but it does evoke to, you know what? I'm not going to spoil that. But it, basically, it kind of wraps up the journey of where this character's mentality is going. I'll try to leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The Ballad of GNX, um, I would need to listen to it more, to be honest, but it kind of just feels like the center point of the album, like intentionally. Yes. And yes. So I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. And, and there is definitely a pretty solid flow. Like they don't necessarily like start and stop. I mean, they don't necessarily weave towards like one track, that kind of thing. 
but it's I will say that the transitions aren't jarring. It all kind of makes sense together. And it, it keeps it at a nice svelte 38 minute runtime. I'm a fan of that kind of thing. I feel like it kept it kept him from wearing out his welcome and it enabled him to get his whole message across in the time that he used. And still had twelve tracks in it too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know right off the top of my head what the longest song on the album was, but I, I don't think he had a song that went over four minutes on the album, I don't think. Yeah, they definitely fall into that that pop song territory. Which is totally fine. As long as you're doing it well and the tracks are interesting. Yeah. No, it totally worked in this case. Yeah, if they all sound too much, you know, the same and whatnot, then you got a problem. But he, I don't think he falls into that. He, there's enough of a like in over my head. Track two, it's like I called it like this dance punk song. It's very bouncy and whatnot. Left behind has these cool whistle sounds to it and this this really cool bass line. Uh, we did it has more of that EDM like dubstepy kind of electronic things. Yes, and so like like the elements that he uses, I feel like different tracks pull like to the front, different elements, which keeps it all from sounding too samey. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I yeah I agree I agree one hundred percent with that because like like you said within over my head, I was kind of saying this like earlier where I felt like it has multiple genres in in mm-hmm. one uh you know one album, but in, in over my head I, th- I felt like it was a pop song until it hits the chorus. And then like a chorus, it kind of has like that hard guitar riff on it. And, and it, it's, you know, it also has kind of like hip hop, like gunshot sounds, <laughs> which I liked. Like, I thought they were they were really well placed, but it just didn't fit the context of the song for me. Like, I don't quite I felt like there was multiple genres or multiple, uh, you know, yeah, genres in, in one song that he was just displaying his his ability to go in between and swim through all the genres there are out there. Like uh, the big ones anyway, hop, hip hop, rock and pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He blends them all pretty well. And I know um, in the Aria interview episode, he talked about enjoying like happy bouncy songs with serious lyrics. I'm definitely not going to say that um, grandson is like happy bouncy, even musically. I don't think that I would put him in that category, but I do think that his lyrics are, are even weightier than the music is. And so every time I feel like on this album, I would get to a point where I'd be like, oh, this is this is totally like radio acceptable pop song. He would drop a line that would be like super depressing and discouraging. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, I guess it's still a pop song, but it's like, uh, you're not the guy that people want to invite to the party. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Yeah, I thought there was a couple of songs that you could consider pop songs that would still be, I don't know, maybe it'd still get you invited to the party, so to speak. I think Dirty. Dirty Dirty definitely is one of them, yeah. Yeah. Dirty is probably like the happiest, most encouraging one, because I mean, pretty much, isn't he just talking about like, like encouraging people to go out and get your hands dirty doing the work? Well, that and just to kind of like love people and. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was the one that's the most blatantly pop single. Of the thing, and and again, that term is not an insult. It's just a sort of a identification. I mean, by all means, we're hoping this dude blows up and becomes a huge deal, and I think that that is highly likely to happen on this from the strength of this album. Yeah, he's already released a couple of singles from it uh, with Riptide, Identity, Dirty, and they actually, I believe they just released. Uh, we did it. Yep. Yeah, Identity and Riptide came out uh, a couple months ago. Yeah, way before he even announced that the album was coming out. Yep. Like, yeah. as far as we know, they they might have just at that time just been, you know, more one-off singles like he'd been doing. Yeah, Riptide's a great single. Like, it's one of my favorite songs to, like, listen to while I'm driving around with the windows down. There you go. You know, telling people that I like letting the shit slide. <laughs> <laughs> we should definitely do an episode where we just talk about the things that, the songs we like to listen to and sing out our windows. Because I think Dan has mentioned that on multiple occasions. That's how I relax. Like, that's how I, I you know, hoosah, basically. That's <laughs> I dri- drive around with the windows open. Like, you could be even cold. I don't care. Drive around with the windows open, blasting my music and singing at the top of my lungs. Like, nobody cares. Like, I don't care. Anybody can watch me. That's right. Check this out. Episode 14, Who's the Boss? Dan talking about singing the who out the window and confusing everybody. That's right. That is exactly correct. What do you keep show notes? 
<laughs> well, I have the list of all of our episodes and then I just have oh, okay. To, <laughs> I've listened to most of them enough times in editing them that I remember a lot of the main things we talked about. And I just remember the visual of, of you singing like Shug Shug or whatever it yes, was. Yes, right. Yep. <laughs> At the shug, window, I'm shug. like, that's hilarious to me. And so I just remembered it. <laughs> uh, it's probably pretty funny to other people driving around too. That's right. So now he's been doing that with Riptide. That's his new driving jam. Yeah, although it's, I will say it's a little bit dangerous since uh, I have to like go to a website to play it through my phone. <laughs> Yeah, don't do that. Just just wait until you've got the you know the album proper. I think you'll be okay. Think you'll be okay. Like like me. Oh wait, should, man, this is awesome. Check this out. I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> Episode twenty six. Whenever I'm driving around playing Swerve City, the Deftones. <laughs> you don't want that to happen. You do, you do not want to enter Swerve City while you're singing and dancing in your car. No, Crash City. Crash City. That's where you'll wind up. That's the, it's the suburbs of Swerve City. It's Crash City. Car Crash. <laughs> yeah, leads, leads you right into a Power Man 5000 song, Car Crash. Oh, there you go. So we got a whole thing going on. We're building the set list for this episode right now. We have our own three-act structure. That's going to be a type of three-act structure. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, there's some great stuff in this. I, I We mentioned In Over My Head. I, I thought that was a pretty cool song. And, and again, it kind of... I liked... He definitely structured these tracks to tell a tale overall, because that track itself also is basically this dude realizing that this worldview of a more blind optimism that he's held to isn't going to cut it because he's just and this is I mean, this is what happens as we all grow up. You start to just see more of the darkness in the world and the brokenness of the world. And so that's pretty much what that song is, is him literally realizing, holy cow, I'm in over my head with all this. And then the rest of the, the album is him kind of wrestling with how to respond to that. And I, can I tell you guys, I kind of had had a problem with the title of the album because as one who is still mostly an optimist or at least an idealist, I see the title death of an optimist and it just makes me sad. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, don't die. Don't let your optimism die. <laughs> but in learning more about the album, I came to understand it a little bit more because what he's more specifically talking about his death of a blind optimist. He's not just wide-eyed, not seeing the reality of life anymore. Right. He's still pursuing, you know, a better future. He's just re- realizing that it's going to take a lot of work. <laughs> so you think it should have been called birth of a realist? Birth of a re- <laughs> birth of an idea. <laughs> yeah. Birth, birth of a realist would be <laughs> Maybe that's his follow-up. What if he's working on that there right now? There you go. That would be hey. <laughs> a realist. There you go, grandson. Yeah, there you go. We just wrote your next title for you. You're welcome. <laughs> you can have that for well, not for free. We will ex- be expecting some royalties. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to uh, have an interview with us for, <laughs> we'll accept. We'll accept. Yeah, payment in the form of an interview. There you go. <laughs> that works. <laughs> You know, so it's funny because we mentioned all these songs and I, I think we kind of touched base on this, but nobody said anything about Left Behind. And I'll have to say that that's like that's probably my favorite song on the album. Yeah, uh, I, I love the intro lyric to it. You know, he basically says how he's embarrassed to say he's American. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. I was, oh, when I first heard that, I just started cracking up laughing. As for, for a little tiny bit of further backstory, I feel like we've kind of made it clear. But just to just lay it all out there, this is a dude who just started releasing music again in 2016. He's a young guy, 26, I think now. And he, he readily acknowledges that he is and he comes from like his parental background, a very progressive family. Yeah. So and he's a dual citizen and he's a dual citizen. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's is also Canadian. And so, yeah, he's from Toronto originally. I mean, sorry, he's from New Jersey. Yes. And then now Toronto. Correct. But yeah, so that's just to add a little bit of context there of, you know, for the past four years, if you're a person who who leans progressive, especially if you lean very progressive, it totally makes sense that you'd be a little embarrassed to be an American. <laughs> Maybe that's where he's leaning into his Canadianness. <laughs> well, I think most of us are leaning into that. If we have Our some Canadian-ness? other, well, just any other <laughs> ethnicity other than American at this point, be like, oh no, I'm I'm actually Italian. Sorry, uh, 
So you're saying like half of America went out and did like 23 and me just so they could find out like where their family came from. <laughs> yep. like, Ancestry.com. Right. Ancestry. Man, I'm Czech. That's what I am. That's, um, yeah, that's I'm super proud to be Czech. <laughs> right. You got to find something to grab onto. But with, you know, with the song left behind though, like I, I think it's, it's definitely a pop kind of thing maybe, but I, I absolutely love the whistling. Like, I don't know why. Yeah. The whistling is one of my favorite things on the album too. I agree with you. And, and like, I, I can't, I can't whistle like that. Like I can whistle pretty well, but man, that's, that's talent. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that it is actual flat out whistling, but it, if it isn't, it sounds so much like it. Like it might be some kind of flute or even some type of synth or something. Yeah. I was thinking it's probably a synth to be honest, like a keyboard, but it very much sounds like whistling. So whatever it is, it's, it's a really cool sound. Yeah. Yeah. He does. He does enjoy his synth like sounds. Cause there's also occasionally what I, I mean, this isn't what it is, but I call it like a dog barking. There's a couple of like a, a, a woo that sounds kind of interesting. <laughs> I don't remember that. I'll have to I'll have to listen to that next time. It's it's on it's mostly on his previous albums, but he's he kinda oh, has okay. he kinda has similar sounds throughout his catalog. Okay, I see. My other favorite song on this album by far is Pain Shopping. Yes. And and one of the reasons why is because like it doesn't sound like anything he's really done in my opinion. I mean, like it it kind of does, but it's just I don't know, it's just def- it's just different. Pain Shopping, I don't think this is reflection on the track itself, but Pain Shopping is track 10, so you're getting towards the end of the album. And that was the point in the album to me where I started to feel just like overwhelmed and sad about like the level of pessimism that was coming through in the tracks. And I, I guess I guess by the end of the album, or maybe at least in Grandson's own mind, the album does feel more optimistic than it actually lets on. But uh, I don't know, it just... It, it really beats you over the head for a while with, with the skepticism. And so I started to get tired by the end because it just felt depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, not to say that the, that song or any of the ones around it are, are not good songs. It's just that the, the buildup of track after track of, of this struggle that they're going through becomes pretty heavy. If that makes sense. Wow. That's uh it's really looking deep into a 38 minute album. <laughs> hey man, he, he he's he's writing deep stuff. I'm gonna try to try to get on his level anyway. You know, <laughs> if he's gonna put that level of effort into it, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that level of effort into listening. <laughs> well, then you get in the next track after that with with Drop Dead, and basically <laughs> with the lyrics, you know, I'm, I'm not a quitter. You know, <laughs> that's my that's right. like my anthem. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let, let's go there again on this then, because so like the lyrics of that are very interesting. Because I feel he he finally says this line. He says, "Don't let go, don't give up that easy," which is like one of the most encouraging things that I hear him say. But then that line is surrounded by lines like, "I got no hope, not a sliver," right? <laughs> and rather drop dead than be a quitter. So, so in my mind, I'm like, "Well, what is it that you're actually trying to do here?" <laughs> All of the things, right? So I'm like. I'm like <laughs> If you don't have even a sliver of hope, <laughs> I mean, why are you not quitting? I felt like it's the at least that sliver of hope that's what keeps a person from quitting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, I don't know, and maybe I just need to listen to it more. But it almost feels to me like he's like running into a dead end, like happily or something. I don't know. It's all the pot. No, I I don't think that's it. I think that he's <laughs> more so saying that, you know he's not going to quit. He's going to deal with whatever, unless he drops dead. Like that's the only way he'll stop is like, if he drops dead is what I, the way I got it. It's like, maybe it's holding on to that sliver to get him through things. Well, that's what I say. Maybe, and maybe I just, again, missed it in that moment because again, that dropped as track 11. And it, to me, it almost feels like an answer to the beginning tracks. It feels like a bookend even before the final track. Yeah. And so maybe that track really is just like the battle between those two voices going on. Maybe it's the part of him that is saying, don't give up. And then the other part of him that's saying you don't have hope. And they're, and that's really those lines. Maybe they're just really them at war, which would, would make more sense than him trying to hold all of those things as being true at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe it's, 
wanting the X character to to drop dead more than just the grandson character. <laughs> that could be. That's what I mean. Like it's like you know, his grandson saying, you know, I'm not gonna, uh, you know, I'd rather drop dead than be a quitter. And then X is the one telling him, you don't have no hope. And he's like, nah, I, I, I think I could probably find a little bit. Yeah. And so yeah, maybe I don't, know. I don't know. Probably looking into it a little bit deeper than what he maybe anticipated. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't. I don't think I am. I'm looking into it more deeply than I look into most songs. But like I no. said, he just he just brought that out of me. The man did. Well, I, I do think it's just him saying like, you know, he just, well, he smokes a lot and doesn't care at this point and he's going to, going to deal with it and instead of, you know, he'd much rather drop dead than, than quit. Yeah. There's, I mean, it's just, it's a really intriguing album. Since we didn't touch on this one yet, I wanted to bring it up. Do you guys have thoughts on uh, world war three? I thought it was probably the most hip hop song on the album, to be honest. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's its best honest to goodness rap flow on the album. Yeah, I agree with that. It's another one of those that's really intense. Well, and then lyrically it was kind of crazy because it's it's like which which war are you talking? Which war are you referring to? Like, <laughs> right? The line, this fantastic line. I just want to make it home when you send me off to war. In most cases, that would probably be talking about a literal war. I think in his, it's definitely more of a personal, like yeah, personal. And and the line still makes sense in that context. Yeah. If it's his optimism trying to survive, you know what I mean? Yep. He's like, he's like, I just hope that I can still come back with some degree of hope, as we're saying, while fighting this battle against skepticism and pessimism. I don't know. That makes sense to me. I'll go. I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the thought of World War Three is pretty scary. To be honest, yeah, so. Especially now. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe it's better for us to, to imagine that or to think that he's talking about World War Three being in his head rather than an actual one. I don't I don't really uh, 2020 has beaten us all down. I don't think we anybody's have the energy to try to process that idea right now. <laughs> Send the murder hornets after him. <laughs> no, Are those still a thing? Who even knows anymore? We've done so much in 2020. It's been like eight years long. Yeah, that was like eight months ago. No one knows about that anymore. Nope. <laughs> Generations of humans have come and gone since that eight months ago. Yeah, I can't tell. This year's just been so long or like it's flown by quickly. It's it's really weird. <laughs> it's both. Yeah, it feels like it. <laughs> I call February the before times. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it really is like it's two different like sets of life. Back when we could talk to people face to face. Yeah. Right, yeah. And that's kind of what he talked about in one interview that I saw or was looking at is he was preparing to go on tour in, in March and like mm. perform a lot of these songs. And that didn't happen. <laughs> nope. Poor fella. <laughs> and he ain't going to be touring for a while. But when he is, you know who will be there will be the itch. These guys. <laughs> these guys right here will be there. <laughs> yeah. So grandson, death of an optimist. He describes the album as an origin story and an obituary, which I think is <laughs> interesting, about hope, anxiety, and the state of optimism in 2020. I'd say that encompasses it real well. <laughs> you know, I do want to say that, like, I kind of think it's funny how a lot of these artists are making these concept albums based on like their feelings. Um, <laughs> That's like, why I called it a millennium coming of age story. Yeah, but like. Millennial. Two years ago, Shine Down did the same thing. <laughs> attention, attention. That's the whole the whole album was a concept album of the same damn thing. Like the almost the same exact concept. And I mean I'm not taking it away from Grandson. I think this is a great album. I love what he did with it. It's definitely his own coming of age and his own kind of concept. But I don't know, it just seems to be kind of a recurring concept that everybody's using nowadays. We live in a very introspective time i feel like yeah where you know like the idea of mental health and self-care and these things being like bigger public deals now and so now artists are putting those things out more publicly i think too that's a good point i didn't know about the shinedown album that's interesting yeah but it totally makes sense to me to hear somebody like like grandson do that especially him being a younger millennial and us being elder millennials where <laughs> we're in the same generation but he's grown up a little bit more in that that time if that makes sense yeah 
And he can't remember the time before AOL. Right. <laughs> before dial-up internet. The good old-fashioned days of AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, college. Well, <laughs> and surprisingly, uh, he doesn't sound as whiny as Shinedown. Yeah, that's, that's good. the truth. Don't be whiny, down. It's not so woe is me. <laughs> Even though Shinedown's like the biggest band on the planet Earth, and they're like, oh, everything is woe is me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, credit to Grandson. He, he sounds like a dude who is definitely in for the fight. And so he's, he's not self, it's not self bemoaning too much, a little bit on a couple of the tracks, but we'll just hope he never reaches the woe is me level and that Shinedown finds their way out of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, they'll be, Shinedown's fine. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. <laughs> we're, not, we're not worried about Shinedown. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> they'll have money to get them out of it. They'll be fine. <laughs> Can I draw attention to one more thing about Grandson in this album that I think is fantastic? Attention, attention. Oh, that's... No. <laughs> Since KC didn't say it, I had to. Uh, that was good. I'm glad somebody's somebody's doing it here. But uh, for this album, like the X, the whole X thing, isn't just a personality on the audio of the album it's actually a like a look and a visual that he's created yeah so you'll you'll see art where you've got grandson who pretty much is just you know this dude looking pretty normal and then you've got x whose hair is greased back and who has eyeliner and a really like paranoid bug-eyed face yes and it, i mean it's the same person but he like remakes his visual for this like alter ego and i think it's fantastic and in in every video so far that uh he's done that character has made an appearance so that he's done identity uh dirty uh riptide and then we did it yeah well interesting to note too is that they all three of those videos identity riptide and dirty were all directed by uh carl youngquist yes and it's the only time that he's actually used the same director through multiple videos. Yeah, it seems like he's definitely trying to create a partic- very specific feel for this whole, like everything to do with this album. You know, everything is black and white. You got the like black X's on the eyes. I haven't seen all three of those videos. Are they all black and white? Yes. Yeah. That makes total sense. It's cool. I really appreciate when artists go for an aesthetic beyond just their music when they try to create that, I bet you when you go see him in concert, like, well, maybe I wouldn't bet this, but it would be really interesting to see if like, even like the lighting and stuff and the visuals on the stage at that point are very black and white or not. You know, I don't know. Cause he, it was relatively co- colorful when we saw him the last time. That's true, but he wasn't promoting this album then. This is true. And so, so uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. Maybe at that point he'll be like, screw it. As much as I love my album, we need some color here because the world has been depressed for the past year. Or whatever. Well, and it makes me it makes me wonder if he did it live, if he would do like a two face thing and have half of his head curly and the other half slicked back. I would love that. That would be cool. <laughs> we all should have been two faced grandson for Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> I could pull it off. You could totally pull it off. Grandson's got short curly hair that is not not unreminiscent of what Casey rocks, and so. <laughs> Except the short part, Casey rocks the long. Yeah, mine's longer, but it it's, looks pretty much the same. You might need a trim, but by and large, <laughs> not too far off. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, let's wrap this up. <laughs> well, we, we definitely enjoyed listening to the album uh, early and very pleased to be able to bring you the review early. And so definitely check it out on December 4th. The verdict is it was worth our time. And worth this episode. Yeah, I actually listened to this album so much that I thought that they were going to restrict my access to listening to it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, was, I wasn't sure. I mean, I figured they, you know, by the by the amount of uh, clicks that I had on it, they were definitely realizing that I didn't steal the songs. Right. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't have kept clicking on it. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm really excited for this album. I'm really excited that uh, that he's 
now got a full length album and uh and i hope he continues to make great music and i hope that this message is good for the world you know just the for one trying to hold on to hope and then for two putting concrete actions behind your ideals and your words so one question before we wrap this up uh, that I kind of wanted to touch base on is, so where do you, do you guys see this being in our top 10 for albums of the year? I'd have to go because so many other albums have kind of jockeyed for that top three, but I think it would hover around there. Okay. Well, he's going as far as top three. Oof. I'm going to play it closer to the chest since we're getting closer to the time where we have to actually create this top 20. I don't want to spoil too much ahead of time, but I I, I will say that I think we've got a, a pretty solid contender. Not necessarily album of the year, but a contender for a high spot. Yeah, I agree. I think that's why I said top 10. There's no doubt that it's top 10. Uh, I think, yeah, it'd be job jockeying for top five, uh, if not higher. So I would agree. Definitely worth listening to. Um, so we definitely appreciate the uh, the ability to preview this album and then you know relay that uh, relay our reviews to you. I hope you guys liked the review and hopefully it inspires you to listen to the album when it comes out on December fourth. Let us know what you think when you do. We'll still be talking about it and more than ready to talk about it by that time. So, by all means, let's discuss grandson more. So thank you very much for listening. We do appreciate all your support, your feedback, your comments, everything. This is the Itch Rock Matters. My name is Dan. I'm KC. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, rock on. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show. We've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's playlist. And you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S.